It is that time again. Welcome back, everyone, to Film Code. Thank you so much for listening. Got a nice little one-on-one time here with my good buddy, Nick. Nick, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, Super excited to be here. Um, I was not on last week's, so you know what that means. Had to binge all three episodes before getting into this one. Um, So it's all fresh in the brain. So super excited to, to talk about this. What about you, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah. We are talking Hawkeye episode three. Uh, My name is Nathan Pig. So happy to have you guys joining us here for episode three review of Hawkeye. Uh, For those that are maybe listening for the first time or might be unfamiliar, we are going to be doing weekly episode reviews. So um, we did review episodes one and two last week. We're doing three right now, of course, come back for the following week's uh, all the way up until Hawkeye concludes. If you're a big MCU fan or you're watching the show just for the heck of it, you'll definitely want to stick around and hear our thoughts. So, Nick, I want to start off with the fact that you just watched all three. Yep. Let's just stick to the first two real quick. What were your thoughts on the first two? Yeah. Um, before before I get into it, how many episodes is this? Is this it- is going to be six episodes. So six we're halfway episodes. done. We're halfway done. Okay. So. I mean, I'm a huge, this is, this is a great time of year, right? I love, love Christmas, love the, the atmosphere that surrounds it. So it's super cool that, that this is set in Christmas. And, you know, there, there's always those shows that like once or maybe, you know, every other season have like a Christmas holiday episode. Um, but it's cool that it kind of like centers around um, Christmas. They have some like familiar Christmas songs that, they used throughout but it's like a different different type um so obviously the first two episodes are are pretty set up e um i i mean the thing that i always love about these shows and and i feel like i've said it before is is in the movies of the mcu they focus on the big stuff right i mean the loki the thanos the you know all that kind of like big universe altering events but these shows, they allow us to focus on these smaller stories. Um, it was super cool in the beginning to see Kate and her family during um, the Avengers movie. That was super cool. And um, as somebody who um, is very similar to Kate's age in the series, um, it's cool to kind of see what she's going through as far as meeting an Avenger who's kind of you know done with that life and trying to you know, move past it and and not really be a part of that anymore. Um, so that was that was super cool. I, I enjoyed the first two episodes, but definitely um, excited to get to this third as it, I feel like it kind of like pushed the story further along. Perfect. Perfect. Great summarization of, of your experience with the first two. For my thoughts, go ahead to our other episode, episode one and two, and you can check those out over there. But we are talking episode three. Uh, We're just going to get straight into spoilers. So if for whatever reason you are listening to this right now and you haven't seen Hawkeye episode three and you don't want to hear about what happens, go back, pause it right now, go watch Hawkeye episode three and come back and give us a listen. Clearly you clicked on this for a reason, but I'm going to guess that most of us here listening have watched it and want to hear us talk about it. So let's just get straight into it. So um, for me, I was not a huge fan of the first two episodes. I just didn't think they provided a whole lot of value. 
Um, I was, I didn't dislike them by any means, but by the time the second episode wrapped, I was just kind of like, okay, we're a third of the way through this show and not really anything has happened. Um, but the third episode kicked off and, and it was a nice change up from what those first two episodes were. Yeah, I was going to say it, it definitely it was cool to kind of introduce our, our villain right off the bat or what we think is going to be kind of the the main antagonist throughout the whole series. Um, something super cool that I have really enjoyed throughout this series so far is kind of the the different take that the MCU has taken, um, you know, putting giving Clint a, a hearing aid in his ear because of all the you know, body trauma that he's gone through being, you know, a, a superhero. Um, also making the the protect the antagonist um deaf and and you know sign. I think that's that's super cool, something super unique as as well. Um, but yeah, I mean they got into the the action finally. Um got to see some interaction between Kate and and Clint um finally, you know, with with arrows and everything. So that was that was cool to finally get get moving along in the series. I think this episode in general just had a great balance. Mm -hmm. There was tension at the beginning. Uh, there was even plot development at the beginning and backstory. This episode contained backstory, contained action, mystery, and some heartfelt dialogue as well. It really had a nice mixture for just a, basic standard uh runtime of an episode and i really enjoyed that specifically kicking off with the backstory of echo um i think it was done really well i think most montages nowadays it's either one of two things it's either devastating or it's just not done right and they just throw it in there mm -hmm. and it doesn't help because i can't feel for a character over a couple of montages um this is one that I think was handled well. I wasn't devastated by any means. And I certainly don't feel connected to Echo as a character. I don't sympathize for her. But I still think they handled it pretty well with the montage and giving us at least some type of backstory and development for the antagonist, unlike uh, what happened in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I was going to say it, it almost, I mean you know, they gave the whole backstory of, of Echo in the first couple, couple minutes. And then they, they kind of show you like her perspective of Ronan, which is something that coming from, um, you know, the, the end game movie is that we, we kind of saw a little bit of, of like what Clint had become. Um, you know, they, they talked about it, but they didn't really show it. And it kind of puts everything into perspective of, of how it was, how he was, um, and especially with how big he, Ronan, was, like, over the first couple episodes, too, with, like, the news coverage, um, you know, the, the tracksuit mafia, like, chasing down the suit and everything. Um, but I, I kind of want to get your thoughts. Um, something that I think has really developed over this third episode was the dynamic between Kate and, and Clint. So what are, what are your kind of thoughts on as far as that goes? I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed where they've gone with it in the third episode. In the first couple episodes, it didn't feel very natural. It felt like they were really grasping at straws dialogue-wise. Um, 
but this felt like they were friends. It felt like they cared about one another. Um, and honestly, it was kind of an afterthought as well. And when it comes to character dynamics, that's a good thing that it's an afterthought. It's a good thing that I'm not actively thinking, oh, that's awkward. They don't seem like a good fit together. How did this mentorship thing happen so quickly? The fact that I didn't think about it, in my mind, means it's a good thing because it's not sticking out in, mm-hmm. a, in a poor way. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of enjoyed their dynamic as as a whole over the course of the series because, like I said, I always like the smaller stories, and I feel like it really puts in perspective how it would be living in this world of superheroes and everything. Um, you know, I thought the the Rogers musical was was hilarious and something that would would totally happen um, in today's world. But um, you know, whenever you think of Hawkeye, he's really kind of the backstory. He you know isn't from space. He doesn't have you know super strength or a, a lot of money or you know genetic mutations or anything like that. Like he's just very skillful with with his craft and, and archery. And, and that's what makes him him, right. He, you know, he's not Steve or, or Tony or anything like that. So um, to kind of explore deeper into his character is super cool. And especially for somebody like Kate, who does archery and martial arts and everything like that to kind of like look up to him. And, and like I said, like being in her shoes, it would be super cool to, to kind of be in that role of, of the mentee for him. Jumping out of order a little bit, I'd rather talk about what's relevant with mm-hmm. what we're specifically on in the conversation than just go through episode order. Um, we're talking about their dynamic between the two of them. And when they were sitting at that diner or at that restaurant, just kind of recollecting themselves, that might have been my favorite scene in the whole episode because it felt earned. It really did. They're having a conversation about. Ronin and you know she even says something along the lines of you know I know why Ronin means so much to you it's because it's someone who was close to you and he of course doesn't want to tell her oh it was me but it just seemed like such a sentimental conversation and that's even when you get him saying you know I'm not a mentor I've never been that my whole life which of course is going to set up development for him for clint at the end of the the series where he will take on a large mentor role um and and learn to change but that scene with them talking and and normally i feel like the mcu doesn't handle dialogue all that well it's not their strength by any means I, i thought this was a really heartfelt conversation and one that i was pleasantly surprised by yeah and i agree and i also really like the conversation at the the hideaway so to speak the apartment where they're staying where you know Clint didn't have his hearing aid and you know his his wife called him but it was actually his his uh son and you know when she was writing down the um you know what he was saying so that he could kind of react to that because he he couldn't really hear what was going on like that was that was super heartfelt it it shows that like yes, in this universe, we have heroes and we have, you know, people who are looked upon to, you know, combat all these villains. But then at the end of the day, like, especially with Clint, like, he's a regular guy. He has a family that he loves and wants to protect. And especially like, 
when, you know, his kids, of course, want him to be home for Christmas, but it's like this internal battle with him that, you know, if he wants to stop the, the threat and, and clear him and Kate from the Ronin suit. But then also like, you know, that he wants to be home for Christmas for his kids because of how like meaningful that is to them. One thing that I want to talk about and there's no getting around this. There's no getting around this. The MCU has a comedy problem. Yeah. They have a comedy problem. And it's so evident right after the title sequence of this episode, where you have Kate and Clint still sitting on that little ride that they're on. And they're talking about an Imagine Dragons concert with the tracksuit mafia guy. Mm-hmm. oh my goodness i have not cringed that hard in a long time since the the therapy scene with um bucky with, and sam yeah. yeah yeah the therapy scene was was oh i don't even want to talk about falcon winter soldier but they have a comedy problem even from the start of that conversation the tracksuit guys are having their own personal conversation and one guy's getting frustrated and Kate's sitting there literally being held hostage. And it's like, what's going on? First of all, no, like that, that right there is out of place before imagine dragons before the tracksuit guy even comes over right. There's out of place. When you're being held hostage, you don't have the ambition to interject in the hijackers conversations in a way that you naturally just want to add to the conversation. That was so random. And the whole scene like that with them talking about his problems with his girlfriend, it did not fit whatsoever. And it, in a nutshell, is the MCU's big comedy problem. Shang-Chi was the same way for me. I know you haven't seen Shang-Chi yet, so I will choose my words carefully, but... Shang-Chi cuts a ton of dramatic scenes for the sole purpose of making a joke. And it's a problem. And we felt this way for a long time. For those of you who are on this side of the fence in this camp, we felt this way for a long time. And it's, it's hard to see because I know the MCU can still do organic, funny writing when they're not Mm. forcing it. Because when Kate and Clint are in the train in the subway and Clint can't right. hear. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Where she initially starts conversation saying, we have to walk the dog. And the conversation ends with him saying, we have to walk the dog. That was right. hilarious. So they know how to write comedy when they're not trying so hard to do it. And it's a problem. Yeah. And, and I just think it was out of place for, for like you said, you're literally being held hostage. There, there's no reason t- for that. Like, if, you know, I, I appreciate the the villain so far because, you know, I've said this before when we've talked BMCU. Of course, I love Thanos and Loki as villains because, you know, of course, they're iconic and, you know, they're, they're relatable characters to an extent. But I also love the, the vultures and the killmongers who aren't trying to take over the world. They're just trying to do right in their mind, right? 
And it's very similar with with this compared to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they had some no-name person who had no buildup at all trying to change the world, and it didn't work. Here, you just have these organized criminals who aren't trying to do anything. They're just organized criminals, and they're trying to avenge their, their crew members who got axed by by ronan that's that's their motivation that we understand so far and that works for this show but you get this tonal issue with the comedy because you're me as an audience member i'm saying okay are are is that are they supposed to be taken as a joke like taken not seriously as a villain or are they or is this just bad writing, right? I mean, like, I, I don't know how you feel from from that aspect of, of taking them seriously. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I think it just boils down to this. A conversation like the one that Kate has with the tracksuit henchman about an Imagine Dragons concert is so wildly unrealistic and so incredibly forced that it pulls you out of the episode. It pulls you out of the episode. And this is exactly what I was talking about. The MCU has a humor problem. And when they're trying so hard to make these villains relatable, they end up being forgettable. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you were touching on. So I know that I don't want to spend too much more time on it because I think we've covered it pretty fully. But yep. that whole little one-minute scene or 90-second scene, I said, I can't wait to talk about this. I can't wait to talk about this because this stuff has to stop. Yeah. And I think the the point that I really started to notice it was was far from home. Oh that, yeah. I think that oh yeah. That was really the turning point from from the com- the comedy being like you mentioned with character dynamics, something that you don't really notice because it's it fades into the background. But recently they've just really tried to to make it a a priority and it just like because guardians of the galaxy is funny right thor ragnarok is funny now those are both by comedic directors who are known for their humor but there were elements of wandavision that were funny and there were elements of the first thor that were funny iron man with john favreau is funny so yeah, it's it's almost like they looked at their target demographic and their target demographic was a little bit on the younger side and they were trying to just force in as many jokes as they can and they have a problem. They need to stop Yep, I um, agree. because their organic humor works perfectly fine. So I want to talk about that action sequence. Yep. And specifically, there was a pretty decently long one shot in the back mm-hmm. of the car. I love yeah. that. I think it's easy for us to forget that we are watching a TV show because it's the MCU and because of how much of a culture icon that is, it's easy for for us to forget that we're watching a TV show and TV show budgets normally don't allow for this type of stuff. I could not tell you the last time I saw a one shot in a TV episode. I know that Marvel and Disney are not operating on a traditional TV show budget, but still, it is a TV show, and this technical elements this episode were remarkable. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, don't want to beat a dead horse, but there were 
a lot of there were a couple moments where and this is very like this would most likely happen is that Kate's trying to use the arrows Clint can't hear and she uses like a putty one and sticks it to the the front of the window or you know sticks the the one with all the that pulls all the Christmas trees over the the truck like that's just like naturally like humorous because it's could happen like that's something that in an unrealistic world is very realistic but yeah i mean i really enjoyed the the whole action sequence the the use of the the different arrows the her being on the the car the you know the the chase the everything about that probably what five seven eight minute sequence was was great and probably so far the best aspect of of the series as a whole just because now like i mentioned we're we're starting to move along and i still think there's so many unanswered questions i at least hope there's still a lot of many unanswered questions as we're halfway through here i want to touch on real quick you brought up the different types of arrows how genius was that yeah how genius was that because for years we've been saying that Hawkeye is the black sheep of the Avengers yeah. that like you kicked, you kicked off this episode talking about it. He's not a super soldier. He is not rich. He's, He's not, not from space from space. He's a normal guy that just is a super skilled archer. Mm-hmm. And how dangerous can that be really when you're just shooting normal arrows? The fact that he has, numerous different types of arrows that can do all these crazy different things was genius. And not only that, but the way that it is introduced is perfect. It's perfect. I love that they didn't set this up in the first couple episodes. I love that they didn't hint at it. I love that this was the moment. This was them holding back their cards and saying, we've got something up our sleeves and they used it and it was perfect what an idea that was right yeah and i mean like it's something that i feel like us as an audience has wondered about for years because you know as arrows you only have so so many arrows right you can't just infinitely shoot arrows and there's always different uses but they never touch on it it's just like oh this one explodes this one shoots multiple arrows this this one shoots fog like and then all of a sudden the mix of hawkeye not being able to hear what's going on and her trying to figure out how these arrows work it's just an ingenious idea that that really was was just perfectly executed the creativity here i just yeah how can you not love it how can you not love it the creativity there was great but the whole action sequence was remarkable it was mm-hmm. for a tv show um this is some great action and and i love to see it i love to see kate get her moment to shine in a real situation a real battle situation of course we did get some of that in episode one um but that was more so her kind of like doing her martial arts and not really with the bow and arrow so i really enjoyed that and and she was kind of on Clint's level too, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, something that 
uh, you guys probably talked about um in the first episode was was Haley Seinfeld in this in this series you know I don't, I don't think she's ever acted before she's you know kind of in the same boat as Lady Gaga and the fact of like artist turned actress and I think it, it works really well in, in this case Haley Seinfeld does have some pretty notable merits before this um, she's one of the youngest actresses to ever be nominated uh, for True Grit and right. she, she was she was in a couple other things but this is certainly her most popular movie right this is this is or, like excuse her... me her most popular production right but also for the fact of like i feel like just looking at her filmography right she's in true grit she's on the edge of 17 i mean bumblebee you know she pitch perfect just to name a, a few but like this is like, of course, it's Hawkeye's show, but it's also like her show. I mean, they they pretty much split the split the screen time between between the two of them. Um, but the next the next thing that I I wanted to get into is is her is Kate's home life, right? With um, her mom and and the fiance and the whole underground operation that's going on there, right? And I. I said this before, but I feel like there's still questions to be answered as far as her mom and her future stepdad. There's not a doubt in my mind that the mom is in on something. I don't know what that is. Right. I don't know what that could be. The fact that they, A, have such a big actress in Vera Farigma. Yep. B, they kind of sidelined her this episode. She wasn't in it at all. Mm-hmm. And she's just a little too shady. She's in on something. I don't want to predict what that something is. I'm not saying she is overall part of the big bad under scheme, but she is definitely keeping something. There's going to be some type of reveal, whether it's with the real father played by spotlight star, Brian Darcy James, or whether it is with, uh, you didn't catch that. Did you? <laughs> Um, yes i did whether that's with something else she's definitely hiding something um the future father-in-law is definitely in on something as well they want you to think that he's the primary antagonist in the first couple episodes and it's a little too obvious that he's a red herring um so i don't really know too much other than they're gonna have some type of reveal it won't be the big reveal that the whole show is asking but they'll be involved with something maybe they're mephisto who knows right yeah or they're they're galactus or something um but no i i mean i'm in this boat right where jack seems too obvious to to be the main villain but then eleanor also like it's in this like push-pull thing right where Okay, Jack seems a little a little too obvious on it. But then if you're if it's not him, then it has to be Kate's mom. But it also like shouldn't be Kate's mom because that too would be obvious as as a throwaway. So I feel like it has to be something. Um there there's got to be something going on. Absolutely. And, and I feel like we'll get quite a bit more of that in episode four. I don't think that's something they'll drop on us last minute, especially where episode three leaves off. Yeah, I was going to say something that they've done really well 
so far as leaving off on cliffhangers. Episode one, it was, you know, Clint taking off the uh, the mask of, of Kate. Episode two, it was, what was then it? It was Kate falling through the, the glass and it shattered. Right, yeah, yeah. And then in episode three, it was, you know, the sword, right? Um, so I guess we'll see, right, in episode four, what what's going on. But, I mean, the, the butterscotch, um, the sword, the play, the fencing, the dynamic like something's going on um yeah absolutely i think they're involved some way with the parents are um but i'm just not sure yet what that would be i'm sure we'll get that answer so one go ahead uh, i think you're you're leading into it about as as far as theories go there's a lot of talk right now about kingpin I think if you're listening to this episode, you are obviously watching Hawkeye. You're probably in on those discussions. For those who are unfamiliar, Kingpin is um, the main villain in the show Daredevil. He's also a pretty iconic Spider-Man villain, most notably from, um, well, the comics, of course, but also from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and the Spider-Man PS4 game. So, yeah, I, I think that the potential... Definitely remains that he's in this. The signs were coming long before this episode based on multiverse, based on daredevil reports um, about the actor returning and the actor who plays Kingpin in the daredevil show was even liking tweets about returning and things like that. So the writing was on the wall and there is that one shot early when they are montaging echoes um, past there is a shot of a figure and a hand. I know how we are. I know how we are. Yeah, MCU fans. After WandaVision, we can't throw any theories out there about anything, but there is a, a, a realistic chance that that could be Kingpin. What are your thoughts on that? This is my thing, right? And I, I just did the math. Episode six of this show comes out a week after Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. The last episode of this comes out, will come out on on the week after it um, premieres, right? So that kind of takes away the whole, like, is this leading into No Way Home? What is it going to lead into? So I'm, I'm not going to look too deep into it as of right now. Um, just because of the timelines that simple as that but i think it could be possible um i don't know what are, what are your thoughts i think we one thing that everyone should know is that we both haven't watched daredevil and for yep. those of you that came on this episode hoping to hear our theories on kingpin i'm sorry to disappoint you but Nick and I just are not versed enough to talk about that right now. Um, Kingpin is a character that we're familiar with in other platforms, just not yep. from the Daredevil show. Ask are you me, going to watch Daredevil before No Way Home? Not, not before No Way Home. That's logistically not possible. We had the conversation. You and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I think I'm going to give it a try. I think I'm going to try to do it. But that was about a month 
out from No Way Home. And, and I think we're there's like two weeks. I think there's about like 36 or 40 Daredevil episodes. And I decided not to do it because that's just a lot. 36 or 40 episodes of a show is a lot to do in a month. Um, I, I know yeah, where you would have to bang out those episodes. Like I know we live for yeah, a day. Yep. I know we live in binge verse where, uh, you know, people could just bang out like five or six episodes a day. Um, but fun fact, Nick and I both work in professional sports and we have to work quite a bit. So fun fact, uh, we wait, work 40 hour nine to five jobs way more than the normal nine to five schedule. So, yeah. um, I think banging out a whole show like that in a month would have been tough. Now that we're two weeks away from no way home coming out, literally, we literally are seeing it in 15 days. There's just no chance crazy. There's just no chance I can do that. So if Kingpin plays a relevant role in Hawkeye, and if Matt Murdoch shows up even in cameo fashion in no way home. Yeah. I'll give it a shot, but there's just no way. I can do this uh, right before No Way Home. But eventually, what about you? Yeah, I, I think it kind of depends on what happens in No Way Home, right? Um, you know, obviously the Sinister Six is kind of coming together. And, you know, we're kind of going off topic a little bit, but I think talking future of the MCU here, um, you know, I think Sinister Six looks like it's kind of shaping up together. Um, and obviously Kingpin you know, plays a role in, in Spider-Man lore. So I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, when, when they were tied up and they were talking about shift leaders and, you know, managers and everything like that, like when they were looking at the computer in, in the penthouse apartment, like they're kind of keying to, to there being someone higher up out there. So I guess we'll see what happens, right? We're only halfway through. There's still a lot to go. But, you know, we don't want another Ralph Boner situation where we just get thrown nothing and look too deep into everything. All the signs are there. All the signs are there for this to be Kingpin. Uh, the writing is on the wall, like I talked about from... Yeah, well, so was Mephisto, but, you know, how that turned out. Ugh, I don't. I don't want to talk about that. You're triggering me just hearing that name. Um, all the signs are there for this to be Kingpin. And I hope it is. I really hope it is knowing how much Daredevil means to a lot of people. Um, but the MCU has done us dirty specifically with these shows. So we will see. And certainly with the reference to uncle, that's what one of the characters says. And, you know, that higher power, that higher authority they do make a point to say a couple of times. So whether that is Kingpin or not, um, certainly seems that way. And we'll see. Right. What it is. I'm predicting that it will be, but I'm not going to get my hopes up because we know what happened last time. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to watch, you know, I'm, I'm just going to watch and, and enjoy and, and not look too deep into things. Um, right now, I feel like we're, you know, you you played Pokemon growing up, right? I did. Okay, see, I feel like right now we're dealing with some like Team Rocket grunts, and you know, eventually we'll we'll find out who who the real bosses in town are. So I I think we just kind of have to to wait and see. Like I said, if they come out and say, oh, episode four and five coming out next week, 
then I'm going to get a little suspicious that it's going to lead into No Way Home so that they can finish the series out before um, before it comes out. But I feel like that's looking way too deep into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you laid out the... I think that's a very real possibility that episodes four and five drop next week and that episode six drops the, the 15th, which is, right. the ni- which is the night before No Way Home traditionally opening night on the 16th um i think that's a very real possibility you laid out i think that is wonderful thinking so great job um whether or not it does lead into no way home i think it's a pretty interesting idea to have that wrapped up before and it just what is going to be what is going to be the biggest marvel event since avengers endgame and i mean it could even be bigger like it could it could it could be bigger just based on i mean talking about triggering the pre-sale for the no way home tickets that was triggering um but yeah i mean i feel like kevin feige is a smart guy i feel like marvel is knows what they're doing by now and i just feel like it's super sus super sus that this is coming out around the time that no way home is coming out and it wraps a week after no way home. That just seems really weird that on Wednesday, we're going to sit down and talk about episode five. And on Thursday, we're all going to go see no way home and then turn around the next Wednesday and talk about the finale. Unless no way home connects to this, which would be crazy, crazy. I will say, I don't want to see any finale or not. I don't want to see any multiverse talk or stuff in this movie in this show unless it is a specific end credit scene for the whole show because let this be the grounded one let this be the grounded show please let's not feed into anything else now if kingpin pops up in episode four certainly people are going to say how did he get here we're going to assume multiverse things but please i don't want to see any portals i don't want to see any of this stuff in hawkeye this is supposed to be a grounded show and i'd just like to keep it that way i agree like if we want to include multiversal multiversal elements like kingpin and daredevil characters and whoever the hell else you want to include be my guest but let's not talk about it please after wandavision after loki what if no way home multiverse of madness i'm here for it i'm ready and i'm excited but Let's let the grounded shows be the grounded shows. Yeah. Not everything has to be a home run. You got to get people on base. Mm-hmm. So let's feed in real quick to our conclusion. This specific episode, episode three, overall thoughts and a score. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is probably the best one yet. As far as, far as episodes go, we really get to see a stronger connection between Kate and Clint. Um, like you mentioned, we really, we really do get some, some good humor, some bad humor, but also some, some really good moments between the two characters. We get great action sequences. Um, and, you know, we're introduced to maybe a villain, maybe. Um, so I guess we'll see. I think for me, probably like a 3.75 out of, out of five um, for this episode. So, which I think is good so far. Um, 
I, I like I said, I'm I'm really interested to see what kind of evolves from from this episode. Yeah, I, I'm in around the same camp, leaning in between that three and a half and four star range for an episode. Um, I think this does a great job, especially for what the story entails. Right, this isn't going to be like any episode of Breaking Bad or anything like that. This is a very grounded type of show. There's only so much they can do plot wise. Um, and I think they pretty much nailed it for what they were going for. Of course, that humor that we talked about with the whole Imagine Dragons thing was some of the worst thing I've ever seen in the MCU. Um, but other than that, it's pretty, pretty well-rounded episode, and I really enjoyed it. So I would lean more towards in that four range, but we don't rate episodes I know that's something you and I don't do, so no. I'll loosely put it at a four and, and not put too much merit into it. We and, are, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll, I'll ask you this so far. What, what, if the series, not if the series ended today, but just a running, a running score right now, what, what would it be for you? I, right now we're at a three and you, you did steal, you did steal my next question, which was, okay, we're at the halfway point. No, you're fine. Ah. You're fine to do it. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are we going to do? Ah. We're at the halfway point in the series. So what has the series been like? You asked me first, so I'll answer first. Um, I was really hyped for this. I was more excited for Hawkeye than I was for any of the other MCU shows so far. Wow, that's um, kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it is because it just spoke to me. It was interesting to me. It was a lot more interesting than all the other ones. Um, so much so that I actually watched the trailer for it. I did about a month ago. So that's something that Nick and I do not do. Uh, but I watched Other the trailer no for it. Home. I was excited for it. And it, it's, it's just been a little bit disappointing because outside of this episode, not much has happened. So far, we've gotten close to two hours and 15 minutes worth of Hawkeye content. And I feel like we've gotten really 30 minutes of meaningful content. I know it's a show. I know it's got to set some things up. I know the lead is a new character. But ultimately, when you're telling me we've got 30 meaningful minutes out of two hours and 15 minutes, um, that doesn't get me excited about much. So right now, I would lean more towards an a B. It's not bad by any means, but I'm waiting for it to be a good show. Right now, it's just not. But we have half halfway still to go. Yeah, indeed we do. Um, for for me, right? I mean, we talk about this being a more grounded show, and you know, it, you say thirty meaningful minutes right now, but you don't know in two episodes what is going to be meaningful and not. Right? No, you're right. You're absolutely so, right. So, you know, for for me, it's it's more of a three and a half. I think you know, like we mentioned earlier, I've watched all three episodes tonight when I got home from work, and I think they absolutely flew by each time the, oh, the episode really? finished yeah i was I, they flew by for me um i've really enjoyed everything that they've they've done so far um and like i said i just really hope that it, it keeps going that way i'm i'm super happy with it being grounded um i know that you have to set things up especially when you introduce new leads this late into the game um, so I, I've been okay with the setup and I've, I've been okay with n the, the smaller scale 
um, of of this story. So so far for me, it's 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 a three and a half. So far, where does this compare to the other MCU shows that you've seen? Well, I mean, I've been kind of lacking, right? I haven't finished Loki or What If, so um, really lacking as far as that. But for me, it's of course WandaVision. I think um, I loved WandaVision. WandaVision's like a four point two five show rating for me um i'm not at this point right now where i feel compelled to put them in my mcu ranking maybe that'll change but um wandavision's been my favorite so far um of course falcon and winter soldier last and and this so far is 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 right in the middle um i'll be interested to see what happens when i watch loki to see where where that falls into play what about you wonderful i think this is obviously we're halfway through for me, Loki, not non-spoiler for for you, Loki was pretty pretty much the same vibe that I'm getting right now. I think Loki started off um, pretty uninteresting. We watched the first Loki ep- episode of Loki together, actually, and I thought that was a really good first episode. And That's then I thought crazy. episodes episodes two and three just were not that great in my mind, but it's it finished really strong. And ended up being a show that I was like, yeah, it's a really good show. Um, hopefully this does the same thing. Right now I'm just kind of underwhelmed. Like if the if the new episode, if there was a new episode that dropped right now, I wouldn't stay up to watch it tonight. And we're not even recording this super late. Um, I would I would take my time to watch the next episode is what I'm saying. It's been all right, though. More, if there were three more episodes, I, I would have binged them, binged them straight. I'm glad. which i think isn't interesting to look at right yeah is that i watched the three episodes straight you watched them each week i'm not saying there's a correlation there but you know i don't know could be could be well we are gonna wrap this episode up guys hopefully you enjoyed listening to our uh, week three or our episode three review of hawkeye like i mentioned at the top this is something we're gonna be doing weekly so come back, check us out next week, whether review whether we are reviewing one episode or two because of that Nick uh, inside Theory. info we got. Because of that Nick inside info we got. Mm-hmm. Um, come on back. We should have a full slate next week with Nick, Phoenix, and myself. But regardless, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Hopefully you're able to tell who was talking when because Nick and I's voice just sound so similar. Yep. Um, but... Nick, where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd at Nick Spain. Still got to watch the two amazing Spider-Man movies before we get No Way Home in a couple weeks. So super excited about that. This is my favorite time of year as far as movies go, and that is Oscar season. Um, Nathan and I are new A-list members, so we'll be checking out a lot of new releases other than Ghostbusters. Um, (laughs) So be sure to, to check me out over there absolutely what about you where can everybody find you you can find me on letterbox at nathan pig go ahead and check us out like nick just said uh it's that time of the year it's a heavy heavy time for oscar season um we're seeing pretty much an oscar contender almost every week especially right now where there's so many things coming out so if you're big into movies or uh anything like that go ahead and check out our letterboxes but just in general, please go ahead and follow the show over on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Film Code Pod. 
Twitter is the most active out of all of those with Twitter, with uh, TikTok and Instagram making a little bit of a resurgence. But we do a ton of great stuff to interact with you guys over there, asking questions, having debates, doing polls. If you like to talk about movies or even just see other people's opinions on films, Marvel, TV shows, Star Wars, go ahead and check that out over there. Um, and you could even see yourself in some of our TikToks or in some of our media on one of our episodes. So really no reason not to engage with us over there. Again, that's Film Code Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We will see you guys back here next week. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.